As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Bet that you don't want none. If you want some, come and get some. 500, let's lock it in on the next one. Greedy for it, I roll it out. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Like my partner, Luke Bogacki, would say, welcome to or welcome back to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. This week, it's uh, no Luke. It's Lukeless, if you will. Uh, Luke has got the week off, but uh, I am here, and I'm Big Jed, and I'm joined by my good friend, Ryan Gleghorn. RG is going to join us, and uh, we're going to talk a little World Footbreak Challenge talk tonight. And Great to have RG on the phone with us. Ryan, what's going on tonight, bud? Oh, not much, man. Just getting ready to uh, hit the road. I got to go to the, uh, which was be posted, I'm not sure. Headed to Tulsa for the NHRA Western Conference Finals for the Junior Dragsters. Uh, team Ardmore Scott's the team. We're trying to get us a team win and then trying to get ready to go to Bristol. Yeah, you got uh, quite a, an adventure ahead of you. You're, uh, you're going to Tulsa tomorrow. Then you're going to head to Memphis from the Western Conference Finals and pick up your better half and then going to make your way to Bristol. So you got quite a bit of traveling. So. We caught you at the perfect time. Appreciate you uh, taking some time to join us tonight. And, and obviously, without Luke, we needed some help, and it just made sense to have you here. You're uh, 
you're the the feature announcer at the World Foot Brake Challenge coming up, and we're going to talk a lot about the World Foot Brake Challenge um, coming up here very shortly. But um, thought it was just fitting to have you on since uh, since World Foot Brake Challenge is uh, is your race. I mean, it's my race, but it's your yeah. race as the announcer, and it's the race where you became famous, er, more famouser. And we'll talk about that soon as well. But um want to get into just a little bit of discussion about the World Foot Brake Challenge. This is kind of a preview to that. And we'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll we'll move on in the show. Try not to uh, to bore everybody to death that don't enjoy foot brake racing, but I couldn't imagine why anybody wouldn't enjoy good foot brake racing. But obviously, we've got WFC 14 coming up, RG. It's, it's the 14th year of this thing. Steve and I had our very first one back in 2007 and honestly never dreamed that, uh, that we would get to this point, but it's unbelievable what the, the foot breakers have turned the world foot brake challenge into. It's, it's been put um, in a level all its own. And that sounds very braggadocious from the guy that promotes it. I certainly don't mean it that way, but it is truly a very special and prestigious event for the foot brake racers, Ryan. And, the foot breakers have, they have created that. I mean, the support they've shown now for 14 years has been unbelievable. You're a guy that's been and still will be on the racetrack and in the booth. You get to see both sides of it. I mean, tell us a little bit about what you think creates that special feeling out there among the foot brake community. You know, it's a lot like you said, uh, the racers have turned this race into a huge deal um i've been lucky enough to attend not win because my skills are probably easily the slimmest that you've ever had on this on this show i think even kevin mckinnon could outdrive me uh <laughs> but you know it's you get that big fight feel when you're in the lanes i mean you're in bristol which is easily the most amazing racetrack you'll ever get to roll into uh and there's there's really no feeling like rolling out from underneath the tower and into the water box. And you just see these big old mountains and you're on this big old wide racetrack. And it really kind of hits you like, man, like it, it just feels special that you're there. And you know, if you turn on about 10 wind lights, it you're going to go down as history as a bad dude off the bottom. Yeah, that's uh, definitely what it takes. And, you know, you, you obviously have a, a long road, to, a long road to hoe there to, to get that final round big check. But, um, I get to go to the winter circle at every one and every day. And I've said many, many times over, I couldn't imagine how cool it would feel to be on the other side of that microphone and be getting interviewed because I haven't seen a racer yet luck their way through it. I mean, these, these racers drive their way through that race with a very good performances and they they end up getting to stand there in the winter circle and celebrate with the friends and family. It's got to be awesome. Um, and that's going to happen again next week when we get to Bristol. We're going to have more big winners and on the big stage and have a great time. But what I want to talk a little bit about is how the footbreakers have shown up. I mean, you hear it, Ryan. You you go to races all over the country. Footbreakers won't show up, man. We we put a good program together from footbreakers, but they just don't show up and you know, I understand that probably happens from time to time, but 
if you look at typical race flyers, especially where there's two classes involved, um, the foot brake, foot brake racers get disrespected, man. I mean, absolutely. You know, entry fees are 60 and 70% of what the super pro entry fee is, yet the purse is 20 and 30% what the super pro purse is. You know, the, the, the numbers just don't add up for the foot brake racers. And quite frankly, that's what led to this thing way back when, in 2006, when Steve and I were eating lunch in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or in Meridian, Mississippi, actually. And um, we were talking about how foot brake racers get disrespected and, you know, what we would like to see at a race. And we, we sat right there and built the very first World Foot Brake Challenge. And it was awesome. I said, man, that's, that's a good race. I would love to go to that. And uh, Steve said, yeah, me too. And he said, I, I know who we should get to put it on. And I asked, well, who? And he said, us. And, of course, I spit out everything I was chewing on at the time. <laughs> there was no chance that he and I, I mean, bumpkins from Mississippi and Alabama couldn't put on a race of that scale. But, uh, obviously, history says that we decided to, and it worked well. And now it's become what it is today. And we're coming off of 2019, Ryan. You were there. 484 entries on our biggest day. It was the, the biggest foot brake race ever held, and it was simply amazing to us to see what the foot brake community uh, has had turned 2019 into. We came into that race with 300 pre-entries. So obviously, as things are pacing for this year, we're getting a pretty decent idea of where we stand. Uh, in comparison to 2019, and and then you know things started looking like well we're we're gonna we're gonna exceed the pre-entry total from 2019. That's exactly what's happened. We've got a record number of pre-entries this year. I think uh, today's the final day actually as we record this, which is uh, June 24th. But you guys that are hearing this right now are hearing it the week of July the 4th. So. You, uh, you're, you're getting set. If not, if we hadn't already started the race by now. But, um, Ryan, I took number 334 today on the final day. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, those numbers, man, they're saying that the, guy, the guys coming to announce are, are going to get uh, plenty of racing to talk about. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think it equates – entry to entry, pre-entry to, to entry. I don't, I don't know that we'd get 34 more than the 484 or if we'll get 50 more or 20 more. But I think it's a fairly safe assumption that 500 is going to get, you know, scared a little bit. Um, you know, as, a, as the announcer and a guy that's going to be racing in it, I don't know how that feels to you, really. I mean, if we can just be honest, Ryan, I, yeah. <laughs> you may be thinking you're going to get worked to death. You may be thinking that's a bunch of people that has to be eliminated. Uh, or both. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. Uh, on the announcing side, obviously, you know, uh, I love calling laps. And I really love calling foot brake laps. So I'm excited, uh, excited for you and Steve. I'm excited for me and uh, Steve Riggins, who I haven't got to work with yet. Uh, we're going to get a lot of work in. Uh, I feel terrible for my girlfriend, Tara, who's going to sit through all of it. Uh, especially after I'm done about second or third round. Uh, and she's going to sit in the booth and 
listen to me talk more than she already has to. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's 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 going to be a special weekend, especially you know with you know you got the one point one going on the same weekend. You know you got uh, another race in Maple Grove. I apologize for not remembering the name of uh, Andy Anderson's event. Uh, you know, I heard Disco's putting on a race. So with all that going on on a huge holiday weekend, um, for us to still be able to, what looks like we're going to be at 500 plus, uh, that that's amazing, and it's just a testament to what this race has become. Yeah, very well said. Uh, you know, uh, it's more excitement about the event than I've seen in the previous 13 years and the previous 13 years have been wonderful. So I don't, I definitely don't want to downplay them or make it sound like this one's going to be way better than any of them because there have been some wonderful WFCs. And again, the racers are always excited to be there, but just something about this year, I'm guessing that it's the pandemic and how everybody's been boxed in and closed up and haven't been able to go to the racetrack, but it's just, I mean, it's so much activity. I'm getting so many messages and so many calls and people covering their details very well. And, you know, by this time every year, quite honestly, we, we start to get the, the people that have been entered for a month or two or three that it just didn't work out. It's, you know, work didn't go well family something whatever cars broke and we're starting to you know we get those 20 25 um refunds uh there's been six so far oh, this wow. year um so it feels like a level of commitment that you know we we've never seen for this close to the race so i don't know man i'm uh i'm excited about it I, i'm I, i'm glad you're excited about it it's, it's gonna be great to have steve riggins there helping you couple of uh, great lap callers a couple of class act guys going to be um going to be representing uh, us on the microphone and as always we'll have a we'll have a host of uh of people a list of people that get a little bit of mic time just to relieve both you guys because the crowds are going to be very big but so speaking of excitement all right rg you made arguably well, you made the most epic pass uh, in WFC history uh, in 2019 when you called your own lap from the driver's seat of Seth Lancaster's S10. Yeah. That's arguably the most epic pass I have ever witnessed in bracket racing just because of the level of communication that you had from the time you burn out to the time that you sent your opponent with some goodies powder to the buyback round. Tell us how the heck that came about. I'm, I'm up on the hill. I don't even know what I'm doing. And the next thing I know, I've heard this take place. And, I, you know, you know the rest, what I did from there. Yeah. But how did you guys come up with this? You and Jake Hodge, by the way. Um, well, Jake originally – um, was going to do it earlier in the week. Uh, people will remember Michael Beer did something similar in his uh, Turismo with the Fling at Bristol. Yes. Well, since then, the old microphone and the uh, PA system had been updated. Well, I guess during the update, the uh, microphone 
wouldn't reach as far. Used to it used to make it about a thousand foot. Now it wouldn't make it. Uh, it don't make it hardly outside the tower, uh, <laughs> as we know. We're trying to do our interviews and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so it's it's struggling these days. Um, so you know, Friday, Thursday goes by. Friday goes by. Saturday goes by, and I I guess it felt like Jake had pretty much given up on the idea. Well, I had got to thinking about it. Um, pretty much my whole announcing career, uh, obviously we play the national anthem at pretty much every race I'm at. Sure. Uh, well, I am usually the one that has to play the national anthem, and it usually comes off of uh, my cell phone. And I usually have to hold the microphone up to the cell phone, and everyone gets to hear the beautiful voice of either Ivy Brandon or, in my case, at most races I don't have uh, Motor Mania, it's Leanne Rhymes. Uh, who is a goddess, by the way. Um, (laughs) So I tell Jake, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm about to go up here for round number one. Um, If I call you, you probably need to answer. (laughs) Okay, whatever. You know, he's kind of using his look like, whatever, man, just go. Uh, So I go down there, and I'm kind of trying to figure out who I got matched up with. uh, And – I get paired up with my opponent. Um, I did not know the guy. I still have never spoken to the guy I ran in that run. Uh, probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. I'm sure he's not very happy with me. If he comes to the foot break challenge this year, I'm sure we're going to have a conversation. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's there. I, I owe him his chocolate milk of choice. But uh, so I'm underneath, I'm about underneath the tower, and I decide, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do this deal. So I'm tearing my phone case off and I call Hodge and I shove my phone up in my helmet and there's people watching me do this. And I'm sure they're looking at me like, what is this guy doing? Like, why did he just put his phone in his helmet? Is he trying to cheat? Like there's so many people that are questioning this move and Hodge answers the phone and goes, so we're doing this, huh? I said, Oh yeah. And it just kind of, Went from there. I mean, everyone heard the run. Uh, it was my usual about 57 up front, uh, which when I left, I wanted to say a lot more than what came out of my mouth. But we kept the PC for the microphone. Thank you. Uh, and in the lanes, I had had a conversation with uh, little Phil Billy, Phil Combs Jr. And I asked him what to dial, and he was like, well, what do you think you can go? And I told him, and he told me a dial in that was much higher than that. Uh, So we kind of ran with it. So I was holding about six whenever we left the starting line. Uh, And when I set it down, I had pretty much thought, you know, well, there goes that. Uh, Which which works really well when you're 57 on the tree. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're holding, it looked like I planned it out really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it worked out in my favor. Uh, (laughs) You know, and I'm sure everyone who's listened to this has all have done this before. Have you ever just dropped and just looked at your opponent's wind light, just waiting for it to come on? Most of the time, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did that, and I noticed it wasn't on. And I looked over at mine, and mine is on, and it shows I was dead on. And I felt like I was 10 foot tall. Because uh, it's not very often you get have a 600 drop that works out in your favor. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. I had no idea. Uh, what would come of it um it's now pretty much the first topic that comes up when someone talks to me for the first time 
yeah. as it should be. Uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, so, well, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, the whole production, um, the run itself. You know, had you gone out there and been double O and rolled him through a few thou, no way that thing takes off like it does. It was still would have been awesome, but it, the fact that you were late, you called your late, and then you had the, uh, you know, the build up to the drop and turn him loose and the whole, the quick wit with the goodies powder comment. And it, I it's mean, it's BC was, powder. We BC, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. In case they want to <laughs> give me apologies. money one day. We got to slide that in there. Yeah, he needed a BC powder to, to go to buy. I mean, it was all so epic. And, and the way it came about and the way that it, it actually played out couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, for the listeners that have not, if there's anybody in the racing community that has not got to see that, I guess you could YouTube it, RG. Yeah. Do you have any idea like um, what you need to look for? Well, you have a couple options. You can look up, um, it's on YouTube under Motormania TV. Uh, they have mine and Jake Hodge done it as well. Uh, his didn't work out quite as well, unfortunately, but, yeah. uh, they have both of our runs on there. Just type in, you just type my name in, or you can go to our next gen page on Facebook. Um, it's on there as well. Yeah. So, do yourself a favor if you're listening to this and you've listened this far and, and didn't just go, you know what, I'll, I'll catch the next show because they're talking about foot brake racing and stuff. If you're still listening, do yourself a favor. Go watch this video. It is unbelievable. Now you've heard the backstory to it. You've got that uh, inside baseball look that, that Luke likes to talk about. And now you'll get to see how this thing played out. Totally unscripted, just, you know, very impromptu decision to even put the phone up there and and make the run awesome awesome deal and uh one that i will never ever forget as long as we're doing this but rg i've been asked a couple of times i'm sure you've been asked a couple of times i mean the i couldn't imagine anything that will go next level off of that run but you're back for 2020 Mm-hmm. You're going to be on the big stage. We've got the JEGS Motormania TV live feed. It's going to be out there for the world to view. Are you even thinking about trying to one-up yourself and go next level this year? Um, I said this as soon as I came back in the tower. Um, and I'm as for right now, I'm standing by it. Uh, I'm, there's no way I can top that. There's zero chance. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about it when I rolled into the gates last year. Uh, it really hasn't crossed my mind up to this point. Uh, what really helped that out is South's truck is uh, very quiet. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got mufflers and we got carpet and all that stuff in it. Um, so it's really easy to hear you. Uh, I'm driving a completely different race car this year. Um, so I don't even know if that would even work. Um, you, but you never know. I might get a I might get a wild hair and do something. Uh, it just uh, have to tune in and see. Yeah, definitely, uh, folks. Watch and see if RG tries to go next level off of uh, last year's most epic run I've ever seen, and we'll see if you got anything up your sleeve. And even if you don't, even if you don't even try it again, you're still going to go down in history. I don't care what anybody does from here on out. You still go down as history as the 
the most watched run in WFC history. I can't imagine how many views that those videos have received on the the World Wide Web. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to having you there uh, again with Steve Riggins calling the laps. Um, you know this uh, this event is really special. Uh, we've actually here on the podcast we've got uh, producer Mark that won a gambler's race in 2013. You know it was just uh, just a Thursday night uh, gamblers. Mark, won't you won't you pop in here for just a second? for us and, and let's talk a little bit about that i hate to put you on the spot we didn't discuss that that's all right here. i'm i'm here what's up your your gambler's race if i remember correctly started one day and had to carry into the next is that right no not no that, not. that was the first that was the first one that i was in the first final oh, okay I was oh wow in two. so you uh did you run it up one and won one yeah okay so you won it in 2013. Right. I mean, you know, it, it was a gambler's race, but it still is extremely difficult competition. And I remember you drove, it might be the best you've ever drove. And I haven't seen you drive a whole lot, especially just other than the WFC. But I remember you were smoking a tree and you just stayed very aggressive and got it done. But, you know, describe that, that feeling of winning on that stage and, and, whether it's gambler's race or whatever, because you beat some bad dudes. Yeah, that was, like you said, I mean, that I beat all the same guys that had to go and run for the 10s or the 15s or the 20s, whatever we ended up racing that year, whether it was a weather. I don't remember what exactly, how it all went, but it's all the same people, right? And, oh, absolutely. Um, it was, um, you know, I joked that the, of all, the wrong numbers were on my check. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to win one of the big ones, but uh, – yeah, that one was all that that's always going to go down probably as my well, I, I I hope to get a bigger one eventually, but as of now that's my biggest. So uh, Yeah. It was well, an, that was an amazing. That was an amazing night just in general. That we ended like right at curfew or like whatever. They were there was a little bit of pressure to get that last like the final done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that now. But uh, you mentioned it. But yeah, it was we and I. The, ironically enough, well, it's not really ironic, but the um, that day started out really badly for us. Like my my motor filled with alcohol on the way down, like a needle and seat stuck. And oh no, oh. yeah. So we had to. I changed the oil and pulled all the plugs and had to empty the whole motor from alcohol and oil and. and it, <laughs> that was a, that whole thing was a mess, but it worked out well at the end. Yeah, it did work out well, and uh, like I said, if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do, you drove well enough that that you would have won a ten, a twenty, a fifty, a hundred, or whatever we were having. I think you were double o one twice in the race, and maybe yeah. perfect once. No, no, perfect. Just, okay, no, it was I, ridiculous. I knew you were double o a few times. Yeah, it was I was one. I was one total. I think I was one total in the semis. Oof. Oh, yeah. Wow. But. Yeah. Uh, uh john long jr was red but i was one i was one total beside him flat footing it so (laughs) jlj was in some trouble yeah (laughs) yeah he was that was gonna be hard to handle um so and we've got you know luke obviously again as i said we're lukeless this week he's he's off for this week but luke's got three runner-ups and a win at the at the wfc between main events 50 granders gamblers races so 
Uh, it's uh it's a pretty good tie-in with us here on the podcast that uh, we've got some guys that have experienced the winter circle there regardless of uh, what the payday was so so that's pretty cool that that we're all able to make that connection you know looking forward rg to being out there with them this year it's uh you know it's 10 grand a day friday saturday sunday uh, this year's gamblers race it's going to be really big uh, we we understand that the crowd's going to be big uh, typically pays three thousand uh, we've upped that to pay five thousand with no additional entry fee uh, our gamblers races no time trial no double entries no buyback so it'll be uh, a five thousand dollar shootout for lack of a better term but everything we do pays second round winners so you know whoever uh, whoever enters our events or our races or gamblers races or whatever you you win the second round you get a win like twice um you uh you definitely have an opportunity to go to the pay win and it just just it gets better every run thereafter so you know, I, I definitely want to thank uh, the folks like Jegs for bringing us the live feed. It's uh, something that people have grown accustomed to. It's free service. And uh, companies like Jegs allow us to be able to do those things, and they help pay the bills. So it's really cool that, that they're willing to do that so people get to view this event at no charge at, at their own you know, on their own time and their own couch or chair or wherever they're watching from. You know, and then as far as foot brake races go, I take a lot of pride in the fact that the the Coburg Racing Promotions events gets a lot of support. You know, we've got round prizes uh, times six from Hoosier, Brodix, Jags, Moser, Autometer, and Plord Racing Products. So, you know, those companies are kicking in uh, best losing packages each day, Friday through Sunday. Um, we've got the Richardson boys uh, kicking in a, a best appearing car award where they give one of those billet steering wheels away. Brodix gives the long distance award on top of the, being a round prize sponsor. You know, they give a $500 gift certificate to the racer that tows the farthest which is going to be bill kid we have a entry coming from arizona rg Oof! i thought i had it you were going to be close but you missed it by about probably a thousand miles yep uh, yep he's he's got to be at least 14 hours further he, than me he's coming out to bring his daughter to do some junior racing in the eastern conference finals and he's going to run the wfc first so bill kid's going to get him a 500 hundred dollar gift certificate from brodix uh jegs does the hard luck award where they give a $250 gift certificate to the racer that, that we say had the hardest luck of the weekend. Uh, Michael Beard and Anthony Walton, Loose Rocker Promotions, they give us uh, an entry to one of their races that uh, we get to give away to one of our racers. That's really cool, you know, um, race promoters, helping race promoters. And, um, you know, then you've got uh, the, uh, the ever popular uh, buyback ice cream where everyone that buys back at the WFC gets uh, an ice cream product. We've got a freezer that we stock full of it. Yes, the ice creams are $100, but it does send you into the re-entry round with an opportunity to keep competing for that uh, that $10,000 prize. And that is uh, brought to you by Colberg Racing Promotions this year. Steve and I buy an ice cream and glad to glad to give it away, obviously, because people are buying back but 
you know, it just does, it does ease the pain a little bit, RG. I don't know if you've oh, got yeah. much ice cream at the WFC, but uh, I, a little better. I've entered, take it back, I've entered four Goldberg Promotions races, and I have got the ice cream a couple of times. Okay. And it, it, you know, as sore as my butt usually is after it gets kicked, the, that ice cream does help quite a bit. I mean, because who doesn't love ice cream? Everybody does, and my old buddy Bones come up with that way back when at the WFC. He said, look, we need to sponsor ice cream for everybody that buys back. He said, I think it's a good idea, and there's a, a reason why. And I said, why is that? And he said, because you can't be mad while eating ice cream. And, you know, I think he's right, RG. People come to me every year and say, this ice cream's expensive, but it sure is good. And they're always smiling. Knowing they just got beat up on at the WFC, so as bad as I hate to say it, I think Bones was right, and ice cream's a good idea, and that's going to remain a tradition for us, especially if we're having summertime races. So, looking forward to that as well. World Foot Rate Challenge brought to you by the awesome folks at BTE. Um, Want to definitely say thanks to Brandon Barentine and all of the hardworking staff at at BTE. Um, those guys not only build awesome transmissions and converters, but uh, they have a host of other high-performance parts that, um, that they can help your racing program with, and that's pretty much anything. So reach out to them. Uh, they've been with us now since day one, which is 14 years. Every race we've ever put on has been uh, title sponsored by BT, and hopefully that remains the same. So um, Definitely uh, hope uh, everyone listening and all of our World Footbreak Challenge customers reach out to the awesome folks at BT and let them uh, help your racing program, show them some great support for the wonderful things they've done for us all for 14 years. So, RG, I'm through gas bagging about my race. Me and Steve Stites, actually, it ain't mine, it's ours, but we say it's the racer's race, not ours. So I'm through gas bagging about that. We're going to have a little bit of fun coming up. We're going to stop right here for a little bit, pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to get uh, a special interview on the phone. We're going to have Jamie Holston with us, a widely respected and well-known uh, foot brake racer that's uh, ventured over into the top bulb stuff with some success too. He's a, he's a regular at the WFC. We want to talk to him a little bit about some of his stuff and about his experiences at the World Foot Brake Challenge have a little rapid fire with him, and then we'll wrap this thing up with what's on tap. So, guys, we'll pay some bills, and we'll be back in a little bit. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. Um, that's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. 
BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or, or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at BTE Racing. Com. All right, as promised, uh, we've got Jamie Holston joining us. Jamie's a many-time big buck winner on the, the bottom bulb, uh, swapping feet in his area of the country. Uh, has ventured over into top bulb and doing that at a very high level now. Um, when we think WFC, we think of guys like Jamie. So I wanted to have him on just a little bit, talk about some of his successes there, and uh, just uh, chat with him a little bit, get to know him a little better. Jamie, thanks for joining us tonight, bud. Oh, thank y'all for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, obviously, uh, you know we got Ryan Gleghorn on here, so both of us be asking you questions. But I, uh, I want to get started just right off the bat with uh, the fact that you've won two times uh, in the Thursday Gamblers race. We've joked about this uh, that, that that's kind of your deal. Thursday Gamblers race is your <laughs> deal, but you've won a couple of those, Jamie. Um, can you describe, and producer Mark's on here with us, he's won a gambler's race there in the past. It's just as hard to win that as it is the main event. Uh, obviously, just didn't work out from the financial point, but tough, tough racing just to get to the final in any race there. And, and you've won two times on that Thursday. Uh, can you describe what that's like winning on that stage? Well, really, there ain't no words that can explain how it feels to win any WFC race. Uh, you know, that's like the uh, Super Bowl for a footbreak racer. I've always said that's the biggest race. There's all kinds of races out there, but none of them compare to the WFC. Uh, so the first year I won it, the, the gambler's race, it was a big deal. Then to come back the very next year and do it again, and that's when we started joking, you know, Thursday's <laughs> kind of my thing. Oh, <laughs> it's just, maybe I should just not enter the Thursday gambler's race and just jump right into Friday. <laughs> Or get us but, to move uh, the main event to Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the main event to Thursday. That'd be fine too. But uh, no, uh, and I was doing pretty good last year. I was going for three in a row till uh, Dan Dan Cassie put a perfect pack on me down to twelve cars. So. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's tough for to do that. I don't know if you know the story, but he he slipped the tires when he left, and he sprayed to make that perfect run. <laughs> yeah, I know. He told me down at the Piedmont twenty grander, and he said that. Uh, he just held the button in and sprayed all the way down. And he never looked at me at the finish line, just running dead zero. <laughs> so. Wow. Oh, man. Jamie, you know, obviously to win one weekend at the WFC is impressive. Two's remarkable. And you've been extremely close in the main event uh, multiple times. Uh, what do you think it's going to take just pull it through to get that last win light for a $10,000 check? Well, Honestly, it takes luck. Um, you know, I've always – there's always one spot I'll make a mistake, and I've always paid for it. So, really, you can go and not make a mistake, but if it's your day, you can make mistakes and win. Uh, yeah. Just you, you've, I've seen guys go out there and be 40 and 50 going rounds, and my worst light be 20 all weekend and lose second round every day. So, it's just uh, just got a little luck. Pulling the staging lanes right, that's what I like to say. Just pulling the lanes right, and you'll be good. Yeah, definitely got to get some breaks, and that's at any level of racing. And um, 
stepping away from WFC talk for just a second. Jamie, you are now promoting practice tree events. I, I think uh, you're in your second year. You've, you've done two years of that, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. Two years now. And, and uh, been pretty darn successful, you know, not only great on the racetrack, but successful at promoting the practice tree stuff too. Tell us a little bit about how that come about, because I want folks to know about your event, and I'm sure based on what I've heard, you'll continue to have this for quite some time, but how did that all shake out for you? Well, basically, we was just sitting talking and got got bored, really, just wanted to do something over the winter time and uh, and come up with a little practice tree deal. The first year, Anthony Walton helped me out with uh, Walton Trailer Sales. He stepped in big time and you know, I just started out, was just going to do it for the local guys and uh, just something for the guys around here to do. And Anthony stepped up and said, hey, let's make it a five-grander. And uh, I'll sponsor it. And he put up some money, and I put in a little more money and took off from there. Uh, this past year, we'd done it. Uh, we had uh, Carson Robbins. He stepped up and helped us with his business and Big Ernie Humes with the boats and stuff. He helped us out. And uh, we'd done it for a benefit to uh, raise some money for uh, – uh, for a top local top bulb racer, Larry Coleman, his grandson is uh, is Grace, and he's eight years old. He's battling cancer in Florida, so we stepped up and everything we made off the practice tree race, we sent to to Dawn, Grayson's mom, and to Grayson. Uh, so we was fortunate enough to help help them out a little bit. You know, it wasn't a lot. Uh, we didn't make a lot of money, but uh, what we did make was for a good cause. So we was we was blessed to be able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know uh, I have a practice tree race of my own. I know how stressful that is. And for you to still go ahead and, you know, send that to a great cause, that's, that just shows the type of guy that you are. Uh, you know, this is a WFC show. Uh, you've been coming for many years. Uh, what is it that keeps you coming back to Bristol for the WFC? Uh, I know, is it just what the race means? Uh, are you chasing the money? What is that one thing that gets you coming back to Bristol? Man, that is that is my vacation. Um, okay. <laughs> it, is, it is the funnest race. I've been to top bulb races. I've been to bottom bulb races. Nothing compares to the WFC at Bristol. There is just so much fun, the atmosphere, the prestige. It's just it is awesome to just be around the foot brake guys and just how friendly everybody is with each other. And then, like you last year, Ryan calling your own lap going down the track, and I still laugh. That's so hilarious. It was funny, but you don't see that stuff, man. And the WFC has it. It's just, it's different. It's just a totally different atmosphere. And uh, Jared and Steve have have uh, just made it awesome for everybody. Couldn't agree more, bud. I yeah, don't blame that. Uh, you know, I've said many, many times, you can't have a great race without great racers, and the racers and the fact that the WFC is more of a social gathering seemingly than it is a race anymore. And that's, uh, that's where you guys have created that atmosphere and make people want to be there because everybody's buddy either is going or has gone and that makes people want to be there. But Jamie, you talked a little bit about being a top bulb racist and you've been doing some top bulb in the last two to three years. You're coming off a big win at Galat. Uh, $15,000 payday in a, a freaking shark tank. I mean, that, that field was loaded with talent and accomplishment. 
and you showed that you're as good as any of them and you took your dragster that you drive and you you got that big top bulb win on Wednesday um you know I know it's a different class Jamie and it's a different race but when you're driving good and you get a win on the top does that give you momentum no matter what class you're in do you, do you, do you come to a race like the WFC with more confidence more momentum because of that or do, you, do those things separate themselves for you I think it does. I think you get get on a hot streak in anything, you know. Um, like I said in my interview at the at the the fling, it's you know you're focused on your bulb no matter which one it is. So you're gonna cut your light and just and if you're driving good, it's gonna carry over to either car. Um, so right now I feel like I'm driving really good. I think uh, we've averaged up my lights and the top bulb has been for the, since we got back from the corona deal started racing i'm averaging 009 light so that's i'm feeling pretty good about that and then i'm right there too i think i'm averaging somewhere around the 15 to a 20 bulb off the bottom so i feel pretty good with my lights if i can just do the finish line deal that's usually <laughs> where i struggle the most but uh but either way you know uh i think it i think it does i think it does help to be doing good you get kind of get on a roll and you build your confidence and you know you got as good a shot as anybody anytime you got a roll going. I agree. And before Ryan asked the last question to, to wrap up this part of the interview, um, you took your Chevelle and you put it in the event at Galat as well, and you foot-braked against all those delay boxes and did quite well. Even when you, you didn't get the wind light, you made a good lap and just come up a little short. Uh, so what I saw from you on the bottom there, if you bring that to the WFC, I, uh, I like your chances to stand out there in front of that tower again. Well, I hope so. I'm, I'm going to give it my best shot anyway. I'm going to have a good time. That's the first thing. I'm going to go out and have a good time. There you go. Yeah. Uh, give me a text before you go to the stage lanes. That way I don't roll up <laughs> on side of that Chevelle. Uh, I, I'm basically running on fumes when I get the stage lanes anyway. I don't need any more help getting beat. Uh, <laughs> You know, massive crowd we had last year, I think, ended up with like 484 entries. Uh, I'm a numbers guy. I like prediction. I'm a little bit of a gambler. Uh, last year, we came in with about 300 pre-entries. This year, we got 334. If you had to make a guess on how many entries we're going to have on Saturday, what do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're breaking the record this year. We're, you're going to have over 500. I'm going to say 522. Ooh. Five two two. Woo, Jamie. That's a big field of racers. Well, I know I've went through that list. I haven't doubled yet, but I'm going to. My dad and brother is on there. They haven't doubled yet. And I know several local racers that haven't doubled yet. So uh, just counting them in my head, I think you're gonna see over five hundred this year. Yeah, wow. I think you're probably uh probably right on that, um, based on what we're seeing so far. But the good news, the real good news for you, Jamie, is that Thursday's Gambler's Race is not going to pay three grand. It's going to pay five grand. So you just got a little pay raise right there. That's, <laughs> that's got to be feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling good about that. That's not, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, we just wanted to get you in here and chat with you a little bit about the event, about some other things you got going on and uh, some of your successes. That pretty much wraps that part of it up, but we don't let anybody go on the podcast, Jamie, without a rapid fire 
uh, question and, and answer session. So um, typically we do five. We got six because Ryan and I wanted three each. You you up for that? I'm ready, brother. All right. Now you just said that WFC is your vacation, but let's let's take that out of the equation. Your real favorite spot to vacation is where? Uh, I'd say Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, that area. I like to go to the mountains and sit back and relax. That's my number one, brother. We're we're on fire right now. I'm I'm liking this a lot. Oof. My my girlfriend been trying to get me to take her there, so I guess now yeah, yeah. that's two, that's two people now that said that. So I got to go. I'm I'm about to have to make a trip to Gatlinburg. It looks like <laughs> you'll love uh, it, Jamie. If you had to make the choice, if you know you got you're on a weekend, you're not racing. Are you going fishing or are you going hunting? Hunting, hunting. Ooh. Love to do. Love, love to hunt in. Hunter, okay. I like it. Yeah. Jamie, what's the best movie you've ever seen? My all-time favorite is American Graffiti. I love American Graffiti. <laughs> Classic. That is a good one. That is a good one. I'm a Shawshank Redemption guy. <laughs> Jamie, this is a question that uh, I, I'm going to feel terrible about myself after you answered this. I have a feeling. Uh <laughs> Just about what time do you get up in the morning? I get up at 4 a.m. every morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ryan's just going to bed sometimes. Oof. <laughs> Man. I, what is yours, RG? Been on Fridays. I'm off on Friday, so I get to sleep in. But not, not Monday through Thursday, I'm up at 4. Uh, an average day on my end is somewhere – now, now, what are we talking about get up? Are we talking about the time my eyes get open or the time no. my, feet, my feet hit the floor? Feet hit feet the floor. floor. Oh. Yeah, see, Jamie knows. Your feet hit the floor at 4 a.m.? Yes, sir. Oh, God bless you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm more of a, a 9 to 9.30 type of guy. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's what yeah, we call I, I mean, Jamie, I know we don't know each other very well, but I, it, most people know I ain't got no real job, you know. <laughs> I am a step away from being homeless, basically. So I am surviving race by race. By the time you get up, RG, Jamie's already thinking about getting off of work. Yeah, he's already at lunch. So, <laughs> All right, Jamie, if you could only drink one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm. Sweet tea. <laughs> Amen. Great choice. Amen. Great. I'll times two that one. Uh, and our last one, Jamie, before we get you out of here, what is your biggest fear? Snakes. <laughs> I hate snakes. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. I can't even watch them on TV. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> They're up there for me. It's heights for me is my biggest fear, but uh, snakes are right up there at the top of the list. All right. Well, Jamie. Appreciate you taking some time for us, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing you next week, as always, and um, looking forward to watching you do your thing out on the racetrack with those other 521 entries. And, um, <laughs> you know, I don't pull for nobody at the WFC, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings if I stand in the winter circle with you again. Well, it wouldn't hurt my feelings none either, brother. I hope to be there. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Thanks again, bud. Have a great night. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jamie. All right. Thank you, Ryan.
All right. So, so definitely want to thank Jamie Holston for that. What a good time talking to him and uh, looking forward to seeing him in Bristol. RG, want to thank you uh, for joining us. You know, what I, what I haven't mentioned yet is uh, that you're a feature announcer for a lot of events around the country. You, you uh, manage Ardmore Dragway. You, you kind of watch after things there. You, a man about town moving all over the place. Right now, you're expected to be join, joining the uh, Drag Champ show. I'm keeping you from that. I apologize for that. I know they're waiting on you over there to talk to Matt Dattis with Jake Hodge and, and Gary Donfrey. Um, man, you're wide open, dude. You Now, you just talked about in the interview with Jamie how you don't have a real job and you kind of sleep till 9 or 9.30 and all that, but when you do get up out of bed and those feet hit the floor, you seem to have a lot going on, especially from, say, Thursday to Sunday. So, man, um, I know you're busy, and I appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight and help us out with the show. Absolutely. I mean, uh, when I first came on the show, I was going to say, it's about dang time y'all got me on. Uh, and I, I like to give you heck over that, and I like to poke the bear with Luke a little bit. But, no, it it really is an honor to get to be on uh, the show with y'all today. And, you know, and I joke around, I don't have a no Monday to Friday, but, you know, I'm trying trying my best to make a living in the sport that I love the most. Yeah, well, you're doing well at it. You do a great job on the mic. Looking forward to having you in Bristol. And, um, you know, again, uh, really loving what you're doing with uh, Drag Champ and loving what Drag Champ's all about, man. What a great representation of of the sport that we all love um you know they're they're covering racers doing articles got the the drag champ top 10 the racer of the month the, this podcast that you and jake and gary are doing i mean drag champ has got it going on brother and i know you're proud to be a part of that as well absolutely i mean uh what gary has created is insane and we got a ton of help from all of our writers, uh, everyone who does a blog, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm like five months behind. I'll write my second one. Uh, you know, with me and Jake and Gary doing the podcast and just really everything. Paige helps a whole lot. She's really in charge of that magazine that we have. And it's really cool that we get to highlight the sportsman racer and kind of bring them on a level stage of notoriety with what the pro racers are getting now. Uh, it's really cool. It seems like, uh, Sportsman drag racing is bigger than ever because of it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, definitely drag champ and, and all you guys are shedding a lot of light on the sportsman racers, which uh, we love here on the podcast. And I know they love it as well. So thank you for that work that you're doing. And thank you for joining us. We'll wrap this up. We'll watch on tap. Want to let everybody know about um, June 26, 27, 28 at Byron Dragway, the Firecracker Nationals. Guys, this is a 30K, 100K, and a 30K got 128 door cars and 128 dragsters this is one heck of a race i looked at the flyer today very cool race in byron illinois and byron dragway the firecracker nationals coming up this weekend uh, as we record but as you hear this it would have already happened so um check that out check out the results and see who made the big paydays same uh, same weekend we've got uh, we'll be talking about the uh, ihra sportsman spectacular at US 131 in Martin, Michigan. You know, it's 5K and top and mod uh, with the junior dragsters and street. Look forward to seeing how that worked out for the folks at IHRA coming off a monster event at uh, Keystone that they just had 
uh, or uh, I'm sorry, Dragway 42, I believe is where that was. But um, nonetheless, what everybody's going to be talking about this week is the WFC for the bottom bulbers. And the top bulb racers, Ryan, are going to be in big numbers at US 131 in Martin, Michigan at the SFG JEGS $1.1 million race. That's June 29th through July the 5th. Uh, as you're well aware, Ryan, this is going to be the biggest payday in racing history of any class and any type. Uh, the folks at FS, SFG, um, they are doing it up big time. Same, got a 20K warm-up race on Monday. Um, they are obviously expecting a very large crowd. They, they're going to start the first 100K race on Tuesday. It will finish on Wednesday. So they'll run a couple rounds on Tuesday, finish it on Wednesday. They'll start 100K race number two on Thursday, run a couple of rounds. They'll stop and finish that on Sunday. In between, starting on Friday and finishing on Saturday is the JEGS 1.1 million. Ryan, I couldn't even imagine what this thing is going to look like from a car count standpoint. I think it's going to be insane. I couldn't imagine what it's going to be like when the split starts getting talked about. But could you even, can you even fathom getting down there and talking about that kind of number to split up when the racers gather whatever round it is? Absolutely not. And I was there last year for the 525. Um, and the numbers that they were talking there was massive to me. Now we have over doubled that purse. Um, you know, we say it, it, the term gets thrown around a lot of times, uh, life changing money. This isn't just going to be one or two people. I fully believe uh, the way they're going to cut this deal up um, at least four, if not whoever's left in the quarters, uh, their lives are going to be changed forever, uh, hopefully for the better. So, sure. especially money-wise, I mean, and I couldn't imagine uh, winning anything of that magnitude. It's yeah. it's going to be truly special. It will be. It's going to be fun to talk about uh, on the show whenever we gather back up, and um, definitely looking forward to seeing who goes down in history as a bracket race winner, collecting at least a. a a check of some kind that says they won $1.1 million. Pretty cool format by the guys, the way they're breaking this thing up at SFG. And uh, again, they must be expecting a very large crowd. Hopefully they get it. I'm sure they will, like every other event. Can't wait to talk about that and any other results. And definitely want to talk about the WFC winners and how that all played out, uh, looking like it could be a record crowd there as well. So Again, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you taking some time. Go get that Drag Champ show rolling. Everybody, make sure you tune in and listen to the Drag Champ show. I'm sure it's going to be awesome, and especially uh, get even more gooder when Ryan gets Oof. in there. I had to throw it in, but even – Oh, when, there it is. When Ryan gets in there with uh, Jake Hodge and Gary and talks to, to Matt Dattis this week's guest. That wraps us up, guys. want to thank our great sponsors for helping bring this show to you. Uh, no shouts this week because Luke is the shout guy. I would never even try to step in there and get that done. But um, definitely want you to reach out to us. Got some good feedback from you from the last show. Keep that feedback coming. We appreciate it very much. Uh, you can reach out to us or message us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. 
or if you're a Twitter person, you can at uh, either Luke or myself. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. Ryan, do you have a Twitter feed? I am not a Twitter guy, but you okay. can uh, get at me on the Instagrams at, at Ryan Glaghorn. Yeah, check him out on the IG there or Facebook. He's, uh, he's definitely a social media guy. So tune in to what Ryan's got going on. You can't get enough of this guy, I promise you. Uh, again, thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in and listening to me gas bag about the race that I'm so passionate about. Appreciate that. Watch us on the Jags Motormania TV live feed this week, and I can't wait to uh, get back together with Luke and talk to you about some more sports and drag racing sometime in the very near future.
Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.